0: they've given me a couple of announcements to make before we begin reading the Word tonight. One is Sister Lou Beecham, who passed away, who everyone knows is one of the oldest members of our church, 102 years old, nearly 103 perhaps, will be brought to the chapel at 1230 on Tuesday, and the funeral will be here in the church at 2 o'clock Tuesday afternoon. Brother John Tate wanted to talk, but he said if I would just tell everybody that he is happy, he is sanctified, and on his way to heaven, and excited about tomorrow, that he would let it go at that. Well, this is Camp Meeting. This is what the Lord has given to his people as a place where we can come and worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. I covet your prayers as we read the word of God tonight. That the Lord would feed our souls. And that he would come down in mighty power. And that he would feed souls. And he would send conviction out into this congregation. And people that are halting in the valley of decision would make up their minds tonight that they would leave the ways of sin and come home to Father's house. The end of all preaching is to present every man... Perfect in Christ Jesus. I thank the Lord for the privilege of being here tonight. When I was sick, Brother Everett Beecham called me on the telephone. And he was sick also. And he encouraged me. And we had a good time encouraging one another. That's what this thing is all about. We want to be helpers one of another. God has ordained that, that we should be helpers one of another. I'd like to begin reading, brothers and sisters, tonight in the 107th Psalms. These are the writings of David. And he was relating what God had done for his people Israel. And it also relates to what he's done for each one of us that are in the kingdom of God tonight. O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east, and from the west, and from the north, and from the south. They wandered in a wilderness, in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell therein. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses. We're talking about a God tonight that no matter where you are, no matter how hungry you are, no matter how thirsty you are, no matter how in need you are, if you will cry unto this God of heaven, He will hear and deliver you. He will bring you into this land of Canaan. He will give you the city of Jerusalem as a place to dwell. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men! Can all the congregation say that along with me? Oh, that men would praise the Lord, for his goodness, and for His wonderful works to the children of men, for He satisfies the longing soul and filleth the hungry with goodness. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in afflictions and in iron, because they rebelled against the word of God. Uh Therefore he brought down their hearts with labor. You know, you cannot go against the will of God. you You cannot go against the laws of God without paying the penalties thereof. And so these people, God's chosen people, had broken God's laws and went against them. And He brought down their hearts with labor, and they fell down, and there was none to help. Oh, what a sad situation when you feel all alone, and you feel like there is no one to help. But then... They cried unto the Lord in their troubles. And He saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of the land of darkness and out of the shadow of death. And He break those bands asunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. I've been told that that was read 50 years ago. At the first weekend, at the first camp meeting, and when they got through reading that scripture, there was a free-for-all in the house the, the Spirit of the Lord yeah. came down Bless upon God. his people yeah. when his people began to rejoice yeah. in the fact yeah. that God had brought them from the north and the south Bless and from the, the east and from the west and had broke their bands and set them free and gave them a rejoicing. Hello. in this house tonight is to make heaven our home. I don't believe there's anyone that made the effort to come here tonight that wasn't interested in doing it. I'm here to tell you the good news. Jesus has made it possible that you can go. He has made the way. Saints are now in glory. They're looking down tonight. They're calling for you and I to be faithful in <laughs> They have won their prize. And they're encouraging us to hold fast to God's unchanging hand. Hold on to what God has given you. As I was thinking of Scripture, I thought of our last departed deaconess who preached from this pulpit about 30 years ago, her last sermon. And she read some of Apostle Paul's writing. Apostle Paul was an intelligent man. Apostle Paul was a learned man. Apostle Paul was a sanctified man. Apostle Paul was a consecrated man. He was a man that had given up his all to follow Jesus. Apostle Paul was deep in doctrine. Apostle Paul was deep in scripture. He even was so deep in scripture that apostle Peter said he had written things hard to be understood. But here is some of the things that apostle Paul wrote from the depths of his heart. And we need to realize it at the beginning of this camp meeting one more time that God does not base His church and His gospel upon the talents of men's ability to preach or people's ability to sing or people's ability to do anything but to have the perfect love of God in your heart is what makes you a member in the kingdom of God. And Sister Hattie Merritt, I know a lot of y'all know it, know her, said, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. What is this charity? What is this thing that's so important uh, that it's better than the tongues of men and of angels and all those things and the gifts of prophecy? And it's better than knowledge and it's better than mysteries. And though I have all faith, Uh, so that I can remove mountains and have not charity. Charity, I am nothing. Nothing, I believe this charity is important. Uh, We need to know what it is all about. Uh, He goes further and says, Though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. So what is this thing? Here it is defined. Apostle Paul says, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Right. Brothers and sisters, this will help us to live holy. Right. This will help us to encourage one right. another. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. Let me tell you, education will fail knowledge will fail talents will fail man will fail but the love of God will never fail you can put your trust in it you can lean on it you can put all you've got on it, got on it. the love of God will never fail oh brothers and sisters hadn't we got something wonderful here today isn't it wonderful to have the love of God for, for now abide. I'm skipping now to the last verse For now abideth hope, now abideth faith, hope, and charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. These are three important virtues here. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We've got to have faith. And if we are without hope, then we are of all men most miserable. So why would Apostle Paul say that charity is the greatest of these? And the brother explained it not so long ago when he says there's going to come a time. When our faith will be lost in sight. We walk by faith here tonight. But there's going to come a time when we'll walk into the streets of heaven and our faith will be lost in sight. We'll no longer need faith then. We will be there. There will come a time when everything we've hoped for will become a reality. But the love of God, we'll relish in it. We'll rejoice in it. We will... Praise the Lord in it throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. Charity never failing. I thank the Lord for the love of God that I have found in Jesus Christ. Been some songs written recently at home. Someone handed me this song on Thursday, right before I left home. And I'd like to read you some of the verses of this song. The title of it is Find Us Faithful. We've got a goodly heritage, brothers and sisters. Many saints have gone before us and have lived holy, but I want to come down to today. Our history is important. We learn from our history, but we've got to live holy today. Today we've got to live holy. We're pilgrims on the journey up the narrow road, and those who've gone before us Lined the way, cheering on the faithful, encouraging the weary, their lives a stirring testimony of God's sustaining grace. Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race, not only for the prize, but as those who've gone before us, let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on by holy lives. Did you hear that? Like those that have gone before us, let us leave to those that come behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on by godly lives. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe And the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. After all, our hopes and dreams have come and gone. And they will. And they will. And our children sift through all we've left behind. May the clues that they discover And the memories that they uncover become the light that leads them to the road that they must find. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe. And the lives that we live inspire them to obey. May all that come behind us find us faithful. Brothers and sisters, we're here tonight. We're here in the land of living tonight. I'm glad to report there is sanctified people here in Perry, Georgia tonight. There are young people. I'm talking about people younger than me. We got them in our church that are holy, sanctified, dedicated, consecrated young men and women. They're in their teens. They're in their 20s they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s and right on up to old age I believe that God is blessing this church, I believe that God is raising up a nation God is raising up an army that's going to serve him I've got faith in our God, I've got faith in our people, our God is working in the land, he's stirring hearts, he's inspiring souls, I'm hearing from young people testimonies that will thrill you, that will give you chill bumps up your spine, talking about people that are interested in making it to a home in heaven. Brothers and sisters, it's time for us to buckle on the armor a little bit tight. It's time for us to make ready for the journey home. We're not very far from home. We're not very far from home. And it's time to get ready to go home. I want to say that to all these young people that are sanctified, there's many, many more that are still in the valley of decision. There are many, many more that are looking out into the world for the things that will satisfy and bring meaning and bring contentment and bring purpose to their life. The number one problem in America today, throughout all of our land, we have more material goods than any other country has ever had before us. More cars, more houses, More clothes, more entertainment, more toys, more of everything than a nation has ever had before. But there's a problem in our land today, and that is that people still are not happy. Still are not happy. I believe I've seen three doctors on our campground this week, and I've spoke to them that are psychiatrists. And I believe that they would bear me out in saying that a number one problem in America today is people are not happy. We might ask the question tonight to young people, to everyone that's here. It'd be foolish to ask the question, how many people want to be happy with you? Everybody wants to be happy. I guess the question is, does God want us to be a happy people? And As we go to the Word of God to look for the answer to that question, I turn first to the fourth chapter of Philippians. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, long for my joy and crown. Stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. God wants us to be a rejoicing people. When I think about what it takes to rejoice, I think about the scripture that says, let us lay aside every every weight and the sin that death so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despise the shame. And I think if we would turn over to the book of Psalms, about the 128 Psalms, we would find the answer to the question, does God want us to be a happy people? Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. And happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Turn on about over to the next page or two, about the 144th Psalm. And he says that our garners may be full, affording all manner of store, and that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our street, that our oxen may be strong to labor, and that there be no breaking in, nor going out, and that there be no complaining in our streets. Happy is that people that is in such a case. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Whenever you're ready to let God have his way in your life, you can be a happy person. If we would turn just a little bit further over to the book of Proverbs, happy is that man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is every man that retaineth her. Let's turn a little further in the book of Proverbs. We're still answering the question, does God want His people to be a happy people, or does He want us to be burdened down with the cares of this life? Jesus said the sower went out to sow. And he sowed the seed by the wayside and it fell among thorns. And it sprung up and the thorns began to choke out the good word of God. What was the things that Jesus told his disciples that would choke out the good word of God? It was the cares of this life. The cares of this life. What was the second thing? The deceitfulness of riches. And what was the third thing? Pleasures of the world. Those things will out so the out. good word of God, rob you of your joy, take away your strength, and cause you to be unfruitful right. right. in the work yes, of the Lord. Right. But brothers and sisters, let's get rid of those thorns. Let's pull out the things that hinder us. We want to be people that are happy. We want to be a rejoicing people. Here in the Book of Proverbs, he that despises his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor. What does the next thing say? Happy is he. (laughs) Happy is he. Then over about the 15th chapter of Proverbs and the 33rd verse. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. I want to turn over and read another one. He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good. And whosoever, and whosoever trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. Those, here's another one in Proverbs, where there is no wisdom, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law of God, happy is he. Oh, there's just so many promises in here. Well, that was all Old Testament scripture. But let's get over here to the words of Jesus. And find out what Jesus has to say about it. In the 15th chapter of St. John, he said, If you keep my commandments, if you'll keep this word here, if you'll hide this word in your heart and live by it, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Jesus wanted us to have the joy of God fulfilled in our life. Right over in the next chapter, the 17th, 16th chapter of St. John, hitherto Jesus said, You have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy might be full. Let me tell you, friends and loved ones, Sister Florence McCormick, some of y'all will remember her. She was raised in this church as a little girl. She got up to a certain age, and she thought that the world had everything that there was that would make her happy. She went out to get an education. Education will not make you a happy person. She went to New York to get a job, and she got a good job in New York. And she testified over this stand that her job did not bring her happiness. She said, well, what I'm lacking and what I need is a husband. So she started looking around New York to find her husband. I don't believe that's a good place to look to find a husband, do you? (laughs) She said that it didn't bring her happiness either. And she said after she got settled into her marriage, she said, well, if I just had some children, I believe that would make me happy. Children are a blessing. But let me tell you, if you're depending on your children to bring happiness to your soul, you're depending on something other than God. And she finally went through all of that. Raised her family. Went through her career. Lost her husband. And finally she came all the way back to father's house. And she found the happiness that she was looking for. Oh, you don't have to go by New York. You don't have to do tour all around the world. You can come to the Lord while you're young. You can find him when you're 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old and skip the whole thing that's going to bring Jesus That's right. He can give you joy in your marriage. He can, you in your he can give you joy in raising your children. He can give you joy in your career and he will give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. Jesus said I Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you, that your joy may be full. And then Jesus went to the garden of Gethsemane, and he prayed that prayer to the Father, for his disciples, and for all them that would believe on him through his word, and said, I now I come to thee, Father, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in them brothers and sisters friends and loved ones the greatest joy there is that anyone can experience is the love of God the satisfaction the peace and contentment Jesus prayed that we might have it fulfilled in us that we might be full and running over I have given them thy word and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. Jesus said, I pray not that thou wouldst take them out of the world, but that thou wouldst keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Here's this getting down to the sincerity of what Jesus was praying for his disciples about in the garden. And he said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Truth does not have to be propped up. Truth stands up right there all on its own. All you got to do is say the truth and you can leave it alone. You can just put it out there and you don't have to prop it. You don't have to repeat it. You don't have to hammer on it. You don't have to beat on it. But the truth stands alone. And Jesus said to the Father, sanctify them through thy truth. For as, I ha- as you have sent me into the world, even so have I sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified. Jesus planned for us to have the joy of the Lord whenever we got sanctified. Now, the Lord wants us to be happy. And as I've studied the Word of God for many years... I think there are probably five things that's essential for us to have happiness here in this life. If you want to know the secret of happiness, the keys to happiness, the things that will bring about more joy and more happiness in your life, there are five things. First, there is the committed life. You must first consecrate yourself to the will of God. That's the first step. Until you have given yourself completely over to the will of God, anything else you do is going to fall and come short of what you want to achieve in life. The second thing is we need a joyful spirit. The fourth, third thing is we need a grateful heart. And fourth, a clean mind. And fifth, a clear conscience. And I'd like to talk just a little bit before we close tonight about what it means to put these five things into action in your life so that it will work for you, so that you can have the joy that you seek and the joy that you want and the happiness in your life. In order to commit your life to God, you've got to get your sins forgiven. That's right. Everything that you've ever committed against God has got to be washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. But salvation does not come with forgiveness not- of sins. We've got to go back and get the second work of yeah. grace yes, applied to our That's heart. Whereas right. that nature, that carnal nature, that Adamic nature is eradicated by That's the blood right. of Jesus right. Christ right. when the That's Holy the Ghost That's comes right. into our heart right. and takes up its abode to live with us forever. That's the first step. That's what I mean by getting committed the committed life. You can try anything else you want to try. But until you get sanctified by the Holy Ghost, eradicating the desire for sin and carnality, then you're not in the place that God wants you to be. A joyful spirit. We need an attitude that goes like Romans 8 and 28. So that we believe that all things work together for good to them that are called according to the Lord. Whatever happens in our life, a positive attitude, a realization that God is working in our life to perform His will. God doesn't make everything easy for us. He doesn't want us to be hot house plants. He wants us to be able to take a little bit of sunshine. He wants us to be able to take a little bit of the storm. He wants us to be able to stand when the time of testing comes. And so He wants us to have some experience in serving Him. You know, a positive attitude will cure a lot of problems. You know, a positive attitude is not based on circumstances. You know, you can work on your circumstances from now to the day you die, and you may never get them like you want them to be. It just may never work out. That everything in your life, will be just like he wanted to be. I don't believe John the Revelator chose the Isle of Patmos. I believe he was sent out there. He was banished. He was cut off. He didn't have any cars. He didn't have any charge accounts out there. He didn't have any radio or television or any of those things to entertain him with. But did God forsake him in his circumstances? No, the God of heaven came down to John on the Isle of Patmos. And he showed him things that I don't believe he could have seen if he hadn't been out there on the Isle of Patmos. Let me tell you, circumstances didn't make it easy for him, but God, through his Holy Spirit, sent his blessing, didn't he? The Lord may not change every circumstance in our life. But if he'll just send down his Holy Spirit, if he'll just send his blessings on our life, if he will just send the revelation of Jesus Christ into us, we'll have something that overrides every set of circumstances you've ever seen. Let me tell you, it's wonderful to have a joyful spirit. Now, one of the things that will interfere with a joyful spirit is an unruly tongue. Jane tells us about that, doesn't it? That unruly tongue that no man can tame. You know, you can say the wrong thing and get yourself in more trouble than you can spend forty days talking your way out of it. And that can happen in your marriage, or it can happen with your children, or it can happen on your job, or it can happen in the church. So let's be careful what we say. Let's be sure that God is prompting our words. And let us our words be seasoned with salt. A word fitly spoken. Is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. And then we need a grateful heart. We need to have a heart full of thanksgiving. We if we were thankful for the things that God has done for us, we wouldn't find time to complain about those things we've not got. And those things that don't suit us and what so and so is doing over there and somebody else is doing over there. I thank God for what he's doing right here. I thank God for what he's doing in my life. I thank God for his blessings and I don't have time to complain about what's going on somewhere else. In everything give thanks. I think of that chapter over in the book of Psalms. I don't know if I can quote it or not. The 100 Psalms, make a joyful noise. Unto the Lord, all ye lands, enter into His courts with thanksgiving, and into His gates with praise. Be thankful and bless His name, for it is God that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. I don't know that I got it all right, but be thankful and bless His name. We need to have a thankful heart. And then we need to have a clear mind. We need a mind that's clear. You know, our minds are bombarded night and day with all kinds of information and images and words and pictures. And many of those things are not profitable. We need a clean mind. And I think Apostle Paul probably described how to do that better than I can say it myself. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think, Think think on these things. Those are the kind of things we want to have in our clean mind. Things that are true, things that are honest, things that are of a good report. And if those things are in your mind, there won't be room. There won't be room for all those things that will pollute our minds and rob us of our joy and keep us from being happy, sanctified people. I'm talking about how to live holy. I'm talking about people that are out in the world, that's struggling with the carnal mind and wants to find happiness, come home to Father's house. He will give you a clean heart. He'll give you a clean mind. And He will also give you a clear conscience. A clear conscience. Oh, what price, what price can you put on a clear conscience? Apostle Paul was able to say, I have a t- conscience void of offense before God and before man. Brothers and sisters, it would be better not to make the best business deal in the world than to make one that leaves you with a compromised conscience. Yes, that's right. It'd be better to lose it and keep your conscience that is clean oh how good it is I'm talking about what it takes to be happy brothers and sisters, friends and loved ones if you'll make a full commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart give him your heart, soul mind and strength make that full commitment to him at this camp meeting go out with a joyful spirit have a grateful heart a clean mind, and a clear conscience, I'll guarantee you God will keep you happy. He will satisfy your soul with good things. He will enrich your life. He'll make you happy when you go out, and when you come in, and when you rise up, and when you lie down. You'll feel the joy of the Lord in your soul. You'll feel like praising God when you get to church. You'll want to go to church. You'll feel like telling it to your children. You'll feel like telling it to your neighbor. I don't know. I'm going to drink a little bit of that and tell you God is good. God is good. Whenever the children of Israel stood on the other side of Jordan, they'd heard about the promised land. They'd heard about the good land that flowed with milk and honey. Their fathers had told about them. But they had been wandering around and wandering around. There was one more river they needed to cross. There was one more obstacle between them and the promised land. If there's anything between you tonight and the fullness of God's joy, you need to cross on over. You need to cross on over. Don't stay on the other side. The time came when Moses had died. And God said to Joshua... Line up the people. Yeah. Get them ready to go over to the time, land of King. He told the priests, uh, Pick up the Ark of the Covenant. Get it on your shoulders. Go down there to the Jordan River. It was at the springtime. The river was full. Oh, it was a hard crossing. It took some faith to go over that Jordan River. They said we might drown. We might get swept away. This tide is running. But God told them, Get on down there yeah. to the edge of the water. Oh, yeah. He looked at it and he said, "Go forth." And they marched. down. Hallelujah! Yeah. what meaneth these things tell them this is where God delivered this is where God delivered oh God has delivered us from sin he's brought us into the land of Canyon. it's the land of corn and wine don't you want to come and go oh don't you want to come and go there's a song there's a song in our book open thy merciful arm does anybody know what the number of it is 380 283 maybe No. Open thy merciful arms.
1: 386.
0: 286. 286. That great shepherd of the sheep. Now, if there's anyone here that's lost tonight, don't feel embarrassed. No, that's right. Don't feel fearful. My Jesus left the 99, and he went out on the mountain to seek and to save that one lost sheep. That had left the fold. If there's one sheep tonight that's out of the fold, out in the cold and out on the darkness of sin, my Jesus is searching you out. He's looking right out there tonight. Open no one of thy children is coming home. Open thy merciful arms. One of thy children. Too tired to roam. Open thy merciful arms. Send out the shepherds. Open the gate. Jesus has called, and his sheep must not wait. Oh, what a joy to be traveling home. Open thy merciful arms. My Jesus is standing with arms outstretched tonight. And he's saying, Come unto me, all ye that labor. And are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. I'll give you joy. I'll give you peace. I'll give you happiness. I'll give you salvation. I'll give you eternal life. Though we have traveled the valley of death, Jesus will save us from harm. Though we be weary, we soon will rest. Open thy merciful arms. Do not be fearful, lest ye be late. Jesus has called and his sheep must not wait. Everyone in this congregation that's ever been sanctified before, God has not given you a bill of divorcement. He's still calling for you to come back home. Yes, right. Be ye not timid or afraid to go. Jesus has merciful arms. For he has gone to prepare thy home. go, To his merciful arms. Watch for the shepherd. Watch for the gate. Jesus has called. And his sheep. Must not wait. If there's anyone that's out of the fold tonight. My Jesus is standing in this camp meeting tonight. Jesus is here. And his arms are outstretched in love. And in mercy. And in pity. And in compassion. And he wants to enfold you. In his merciful arms. And receive you back into the kingdom of God. Why will you stay out there and be unhappy? Why will you stay out there and struggle and toil so long? Maybe you're not old enough to remember the old push train. What do you call those things on the railroad that the men used to have to? Hand cars. cars. Have to push that thing and struggle. And there's so many people going through life. Pushing, struggling, sweating, toiling, and just barely creaking along. Jesus wants to give you a diesel engine tonight. He wants to hook you up to the train that's glory. He'll take the struggle out of your life. He'll take the toil out of your life. He'll take the pain out of your life. And He'll supply you with everything that you have need of. While everybody in this house says a prayer, I want to know who will raise your hand. And say, I'd like to be happy in Jesus tonight. who will raise your hands. Put your hands up. Your... Lord bless. Lord bless. We want to sing a song of invitation. And every hand that went up, just come right on down to these altars to pray tonight. Let's all stand.